0: There's always that fear that regulation will in itself dampen down and stifle innovation. I don't believe it's true. I don't believe the way that Texas operates means that. And I think that's partly because we're very focused on a risk-based approach.
1: Hello. Welcome to KPMG's Talking Tertiary podcast, where we reimagine tertiary education for a changing world. I'm Stephen Parker, KPMG's education sector leader in Australia. During this podcast series, we'll be talking with some of the leading experts in the sector about the key issues facing tertiary education. The voice you heard at the start was that of Anthony McLaren, the chief executive of TEXA, the Tertiary Education Quality and Standards Agency. Anthony has been the CEO of TEXA since October 2015 and prior to that he was chief executive of the UK's Quality Assurance Agency. He also has a long background in student admissions. In this episode I spoke with Anthony about what TEXA does and doesn't do on 13th of May in Melbourne. Here's the interview. Well, Anthony, welcome and thank you for joining Talking Tertiary.
0: Thanks very much, Stephen. Good to be here.
1: So can I start with what Texa actually does? It has T in its title, standing for tertiary, but what is your actual legislative scope at the moment?
0: The scope at the moment is higher education. So all higher education providers in Australia, whether they're teaching in Australia or teaching overseas, so the international dimension is important too, we currently have 174, at the last count, providers that we regulate, a mixture of universities, higher education providers, many self-accrediting, many more not.
1: So although universities are in the minority in terms of the number of providers, they nevertheless presumably still do teach the vast majority of students in the sector? Well
0: over 90 percent, yeah.
1: And you've had this role for over three and a half years now. So in your experience to date, what have been the big issues and how have you observed the higher education sector changing in this period?
0: Well, that's a really interesting question because on one level, I think what's been remarkable about the recent period in the Australian sector has been the stability of the sector in terms of the number of institutions. I think there were 170 when Texas started, 174 now, same number of universities, so in organisational terms the sector is actually I think very settled and very stable. There's obviously been terrific growth and there's been very great numbers of international students coming into Australia. One of the great success stories in many ways of the last few years. So I think in terms of the sector, stability of structure coupled with very significant growth and for Texa, I think a period of re-establishing its trust and confidence with the sector in the position that it holds. So that was the past,
1: but let's look then to the future. Do you see it remaining stable? And of the issues you mentioned, one was international education. And I'm not particularly interested in any sort of particular issue of the day, but generally the
0: prospects for international education. Do you see that landscape changing? I do see that landscape changing. I mean, the first thing, I mentioned success, and I think it's absolutely fair for Australia to focus on the success. It's a very competitive market, but there are pressures. And some of those pressures, I think, are coming about because of the rise within countries which have supplied a great number of international students, their own capacity, their own ability to offer higher education is growing all the time with very significant resources being added. So there's absolutely no room for complacency. Yeah.
1: So I think the British Council argued that if you have a developing country with a rising GDP and large numbers of 18 to 24-year-olds, you've got the chemical formula for outbound student mobility. But what we're now seeing, and particularly in China, is that these countries are developing their own domestic provision. So perhaps it's not going to be as
0: easy as it has been in the past? I think that's absolutely right. I think it also points to the importance not only of incoming international students here in Australia, but of the efforts of Australian institutions in the field of transnational higher education. An area for which Texas also has responsibility. Yeah.
1: That's an interesting topic in itself. I know, and I was in a way involved in it, there was a period when ambitious universities felt that they really needed to establish themselves offshore with a campus on their own or in partnership. And this was part of being globally engaged and so on. But that seems to have plateaued. You don't hear about it as often now. Not all of them have been a success. Do you expect the to be an increase in offshore presences?
0: I think the increase in offshore presences will still be, you know, part of the scene. I think you're absolutely right that certain business models in certain cases have not worked well, and I think there's quite a lot of research around that. So forms of partnership, different forms of partnership, and from our point of view as a regulator... Bearing in mind, we have actually in our legislation, one of our duties is to enhance the international competitiveness of Australian higher education. I think for us, the relationship with our opposite numbers, if you like, in the countries where Australian higher education providers are particularly active is very, very important. So regulators are speaking to regulators about the kinds of issues that arise when you have two jurisdictions impinging upon an entity and, you know, potentially burden, but potentially also the opportunity to work out new ways of collaborating and cooperating.
1: I can't resist this, Anthony. If regulators are talking to regulators, are you talking to ASQA, which is the regulator that regulates the vocational sector here in Australia?
0: Absolutely. Uh, one of the first priorities I had when I arrived here in 2015 was to really strengthen and deepen that relationship with ASQA. And I know that ASQA's leadership have felt, you know, exactly the same way. Half of the providers that Texa regulates are dual sector yeah, providers. Yeah. So there's a very significant overlap in terms of those entities. So asqua and Texra have moved towards, for instance, having a shared risk register. So we wouldn't now go into any decision about a provider without also being aware, mm-hmm. if they're dual sector, what our colleagues at ASQA think about that particular provider.
1: So I guess one of the themes in the conversation we've had today is about stability and change. Most people are predicting accelerating change. There's a lot of talk and this is my view, about innovation and its evil cousin, disruption. And there are voices who say insistently that universities need to change and to change radically if they're to be sustainable in the future. But some in universities say in defence that... Texa is always in the room, rather like Banquo's ghost in Shakespeare's Macbeth. And for the benefit of the listener, Anthony has a first class degree in English literature, so I felt bound to include a literary reference there. It is that there's always Texa in their mind when they think about
0: innovation.
1: Is that a fair criticism? Are you stifling innovation?
0: I think it's a fair issue to be raised in relation to regulation. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned one of the objectives in our legislation, another objective in our legislation, is that the regulatory framework should encourage innovation, excellence and diversity. And we ask ourselves some fairly hard questions about what are we doing? I think sometimes regulators, almost the best that they can hope for is that at least they're not getting in the way. But we'd like to make a more positive contribution than yeah. that. But it's an absolutely fair question to ask. There's always that fear that regulation will in itself dampen down and stifle innovation. I don't believe it's true. I don't believe the way that Tex operates means that. And I think that's partly because we're very focused on a risk-based approach. We're not seeking to be across everything all the time. Yeah. We're trying to focus on those areas where there's likely to be harm to students or harm to the reputation of Australian higher education.
1: So I guess innovation and diversity aren't exactly the same thing. I I don't see the link between them. And you've said that there were 170 higher education providers when you arrived and now there's 174. And I think I'm right that there's only one university of specialisation and there's not a lot happened. So in what sense has TEXA contributed to diversity
0: of, let's say, institutional mission? Those overall numbers do, to some extent, hide the fact that there is churn in the system. Mm -hmm. Providers have come in providers have gone out. Now, not within the university part of the sector, that's true, which where that kind of institutional stability has been a feature. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But there is movement in other parts of the sector. I think that from a regulator's point of view, we have to ask ourselves two things. The first is, are we applying the standards in a way that we will uphold those fundamental points about the standards and the quality of Australian higher education? But at the same time, are we doing that in such a way that new providers are not unnecessarily (laughs) deterred from seeking to enter the sector? It is a balance. It's a balance between the caution necessary to maintain high standards. And, you know, reputational damage can affect the sector much more widely yeah. than simply those yeah. providers that fail. But at the same time, I'll be sufficiently open to encourage new providers to come forward. Now, we've done a lot of work on this internally in terms of the culture of our own organisation in making sure that we're not university centric. And that we are looking at all kinds of providers, aware of all kinds of providers, and seeking to implement the standards in a way that recognises that kind of diversity.
1: Well, Anthony, you've got a challenging role in a fascinating time. Thank you for joining me today and talking tertiary.
0: Thanks very much for having the chance to talk to you.
1: Well... That was my conversation with Anthony McLaren, the Chief Executive Officer of TEXA, the regulatory body for higher education in Australia. And if you're interested in the regulatory side of the sector, you can also listen to episode three, where I talked with Mark Patterson, the Chief Executive of the Australian Skills Quality Authority, which was referred to in our conversation. Thank you all for your feedback so far. Do keep it coming. Feel free to be in touch by email, talking tertiary at kpmg.com.au. On Twitter, I'm at Stephen Parker ED, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find out more about our thinking on the education sector at kpmg.com slash au slash education future. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak with you next time on Talking Tertiary.